shouldn't talk to them. They're bad. I know. Live from the center of the bass fishing universe, it's time for Bass After Dark, your weekly waypoint to the best conversation and debate in all of fishing. One question, three experts, no rules, and none of the guests know who the other guests will be. All they know is tonight's question. So strap down your rods, put on your life jacket, and fasten your kill switch because here's your host, Ken Duke. Hey, welcome to Bass After Dark. It's December 28th, so quite obviously this will be our last show of 2023. It's been a challenging year for me, and for a lot of you too, I'm sure. There have been ups and downs, surprises, both good and bad, relationships forged and lost. After a very trying year, the one constant, for me at least, has been bass fishing. It seems that no matter what else is going on in my life, I return to fishing, even when I don't have a rod and reel in my hands. I think about fishing, I talk about fishing, I write about fishing. Ever since I was a teen, my heroes have been bass anglers. My goals have been fishing related. My work has been in the fishing industry. And my friends have mostly been the people I've met through our sport. To me, the remarkable thing about bass fishing has always been that it allows you to find your own place. You can fish alone with a cane pole and a night crawler on the banks of a small creek or pond. You can fish with friends from a $100,000 bass boat on a giant man-made reservoir using all the latest high-tech gear. Or you can be somewhere in between, which is where most of us go. I sold my first bass fishing article to a national magazine when I was 19. Since then, I've written millions of words on the sport and had them published in dozens of magazines, a few books, and on too many websites to count. I've hosted radio shows and podcasts on bass fishing. I've been featured on television and even in a movie or two about our sport. I've had the privilege to meet many of the most influential people in fishing. I've been very lucky. As part of my work, I've interviewed just about every bass fishing celebrity you'd care to name, but one of those interviews stands out above the rest. I was talking to my first bass fishing hero, Rick Klun. He was on the cover of the very first Bassmaster magazine I ever saw. He was my introduction to the idea that a person could make a living in the fishing industry. And now I'm honored to call him a friend. If you don't know Rick Clun, know this. He is one of the most interesting people in bass fishing. And he's the most challenging person I've ever interviewed. You need to bring your A game, not because he's difficult, not at all but because he thinks very differently than anyone else in the sport. And if you don't bring your wide angle perspective, you're going to miss something special. 10 or 15 years ago, I was talking with Rick to get some quotes for a technique piece I was doing for Bassmaster.com. I asked him a question that I had probably asked a hundred different anglers a hundred different times. The question is a regular go-to for me whenever I'm talking with an expert about a technique. I asked Rick, what does the average angler do wrong when he's fishing this method? He said, if he's having fun, he's not doing anything wrong. 
Of course, that was radically different than how anyone else had ever answered that question. It was also exactly correct. If you're having fun, you're doing it right. If you fish simply to catch fish, you're, you're going to be disappointed quite often. But if we can focus on what brings us joy, we're far more likely to hit that target. It took Rick Clun to give me that clarity and to cut through the obstacles that we put between ourselves and our goals. Now, I'm no, philo I'm no philosopher, and I don't pretend to know the meaning of life, but I have spent some time thinking about it, especially as I get older. What I've come up with is this. We are born, we die. In between, we laugh, we cry, we work, and we play. If we're lucky, we find passions and people who motivate and inspire us. If we're very lucky, we find love. And if we are among the luckiest of all, we fish. I have found meaning through fishing, and it has made all the difference in my life. As we say goodbye to 2023, another bit of Rick Clun wisdom comes to mind. He said, never believe your best days are behind you. Those are words I try to live by as we head into 2024. Welcome to Bass After Dark, the most illuminating conversation in bass fishing. For the next 90 minutes or so, we're going to show you that inch for inch and pound for pound, this is the best show in bass fishing. And now it's time for my most important duty of the night, and that's introducing my co-host. His favorite song is, If I Had a Hammer, here's Brian the Carpenter. <laughs> that was great, Ken. Uh, I, I see what you did there. Your, your most important duty of the night. That makes sense. <laughs> No, my most important task, the, the most important thing I can do on this show each week is, is get you on because you're you're the key to you're the key to this thing being as good as it can be. I'm the only one of the three of us that has any social media at all. So <laughs> I wasn't even talking about the social media. I'm talking about about I just uh, making the conversation go, making making everything work, making it awkward. Exactly. Well, hey, we can't do it without Nathan either, but. Um, you guys are, you guys are the reason it works. You I'm look just, comfortable. So that's why I'm afflicting. I'm, I'm just the guy. I'm just the best dressed guy in bass fishing. That's all. That you are Ken Duke. That you are. <laughs> I'm excited about tonight's show, man. Uh, I think we got a great question. Um, and I'm really looking forward to digging into it. And, and let's say this, this was your idea to do this show tonight because we've had some, we've had some not controversial topics, but some topics that, that I think are, are really kind of serious. Yeah, very serious. There's been clear, hard fought positions on things lately. And, and this is kind of a, perhaps a lighter look, maybe not. Exactly. I initially wanted to do a happy, fun hangout, you know, woo. You know, it's the end of the year, Christmas, say you, New Year's is coming. Um, but in talking to some guys, there's some guys that had some legit gripes. So, might be a little more serious than I was thinking originally, but uh, I think it's still going to be a blast. Uh, just judging by the social media, everybody's going crazy with their bass fishing pet peeves. And and uh, I agreed with almost everybody. So, <laughs> so yeah, apparently that's, that's, I got a lot. I think we can all identify with just about any gripe any other bass fisherman has ever experienced. But uh, when you came yeah. up with the concept for this show, yeah, it was funny because immediately we were thinking light, funny, 
but uh, yeah, there's a there's definitely a more serious side to that. And but not only do we have a great question in what is your bass fishing pet peeve, but we got we got a great thing uh, closer to the end too. Yes, and before I uh, mention that, um, we're gonna keep we're gonna do our best to keep track tonight on Facebook, on the YouTube comments, on the discussions we have with our three expert peevers coming that I'm gonna be introducing here in a minute. And we're going to uh, attempt to solve this riddle and, and announce the top 10 or the uh, number one all-time bass fishing pet peeve. I have no idea what that might be. There are so many. There's so many. I'm looking forward to see what, what the overall winner is. Again, tonight's question, what is your bass fishing pet peeve? And BTC, we got three fabulous guests to, to hash that out with us. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. And right for that, um, before I introduce them, we have, at the end of the show, hang in there. We have our top 10. Top 10 reasons. That's right. We're glad 2023 is over. So that's our top that, 10 Logan. at the end of the night. Um, and first, the first man into uh, into the arena tonight, Ken. What do we call this thing? You got a name for it yet? What do they call it? Like a cage match? What do they What do they call it? In th- in first first guy into Thunderdome. Uh, yeah, Thunderdome. The, the yeah. first guest into Thunderdome. Yes, tonight's first contestant into the Thunderdome. He is a content creator, YouTuber, a commentator for the NPFL, a Bassmaster Classic champion in 1987, and again in 1987. He is wall-to-wall tree top tall, Mr. Fat Cat Newton. Hey, that's pretty good, man. Appreciate it. Hey! Welcome, Fat Cat. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Hush. (laughs) <laughs> I my, my dog hey. will periodically uh, pipe up during this interview. Probably, what's up, fellas? Everybody doing good? Doing yeah, good, man. man. What's so your dog's glad name? You're joining us here. This dog is named River uh, right now, and the river might dry up if it keeps barking. I can promise you that. Like it's <laughs> uh, pipe down. What, what's going on, dude? What, why? Why? Why are you guys bothering me and asking me to come on this thing? <laughs> You've been too quiet lately, man. That's why. Dude, dude man, I, I like it. I like it. Dude, oh, please be quiet. For the love of God. Uh, <laughs> I like it. Yeah, this is my downtime, dude. I enjoy being quiet. Everybody's uh, – it's, it's a cringe fest on social media these days because everybody's just scrounging trying to – they feel obligated to put something out, so they're just putting something out. I'm good. I'm just <laughs> marinating. Well, well, Fat Cap, you're here to, to lend esteem and prestige to our show and some great pet peeves. But BTC, out of pressure. Yeah, who you got next, man. BTC? Let's go. All right. We have another content creator slash YouTuber, former Elite Series Pro, trophy smallmouth guide on the St. Lawrence and Lake Ontario, co-host of a weekly live show on YouTube with our man, Eric, uh, Epic Eric, the Smallmouth Crush podcast. We have Travis Manson. What's happening? Fat Cat. What's up, buddy? Travis, thanks so much for joining us, man. Taking a break from the big reset to talk pet peeves. We appreciate you, brother. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. I'm looking you're, you're, forward to the you're show. You're dressed really well. You're not dressed as well as I am, but you're no. dressed really well. I like the look. I, I, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I normally just put on whatever I'm wearing when I go do my weekly show, but I thought for this occasion, <laughs> let's uh, spice it up a little camo and a vest. You can't go wrong with that. Kind of right. urban gorilla. Put on your life like vest it. and all right. 
in case the flood's coming, right? That's that's right. And and even though that's more than enough for any show, BTC, we got one more star coming on. We got one more. We have a we have a current elite series angler. Um, he won his first ever elite series tournament. Two elite series wins, three time classic champ or classic competitor, Brian New. Brian New in the house. Look What's out, up? everybody. Boy, this is a treat. <laughs> Brian, thanks so much for being here, man. We really appreciate you coming on. You're you're one of our favorites, and um, this is going to be fun. It better be. <laughs> yeah, this late, it better be fun. It's past my bedtime. Good that point, Brian. I, li I like how you think, buddy. I, I want to start this off right now. My first pet peeve is uh, bass fishermen uh, whining about staying up late. Ah. <laughs> oh, well, hey, you got to bitch about something. <laughs> well, here <laughs> we are. I've, I've heard a lot of bass fishermen complain about getting up early. I know, I know a surprising number of bass pros who tell me they are not morning people. Which yeah, is that blows my mind. Yeah. Uh, Rick Hunt always told me he was not a morning guy. He doesn't like getting up early. That's not his his thing but i don't really you know, enjoy just like it, the one it's my job so i do it there you go yeah <laughs> all right fat cat you know so you wait, guys, hold on a second i'm yeah go ahead man so so brian you don't like getting up early or staying up late i mean <laughs> i'd rather get up early than stay up late but i never really enjoy getting up early uh, i shouldn't say never but a lot of times cheers. it kind of sucks <laughs> never say never buddy Ne yeah, never, give never give up. Never give up. All right. You guys have up. had a little bit of time to think about what your biggest pet peeves are. Fat Cat, let's start with you. What's, uh, and, and, you know, maybe give us some framework. Maybe it's your biggest pet peeve. Dude, I really. Fishing this... or tournament fishing or whatever. I, dude, podcast. I don't even say it. Yeah, dude. <laughs> nah, well, it's obvious. Yeah, I'm always awkward on podcasts. Dude, <laughs> I don't even, it's, I don't even, the pet peeve thing, uh, Backlashes? Is that a pet peeve? I feel like that's yeah. A, I, yeah, man. Backlashes suck. This lighting looks. I feel like I'm in the jail. I feel like I'm being interrogated right now. I'm sending this like VHS tape to my mom and dad. Like, please, somebody send money. That's my pet peeve. Is do new content. Oh, uh, they treating you well? Yeah, yeah. Everything is good, man. I'm good. They're feeding me good. I'm eating good. Yeah, the whole pet peeve thing, dude. I don't have a lot of pet peeves, so it's, I'm probably a great person to come on and. I can find things to complain about, but a pet peeve as far as uh, I will say one thing that doesn't involve anybody but myself most of the time is uh, tying a knot is my pet peeve when the knot gets stuck in the, in the split ring, right in the gap of the split ring. That's probably one of my biggest – I know it's weak. I know it's not what you guys want to hear. But that's probably one of my biggest pet peeves is being in a hurry to tie a knot when I break off and get the knot in there or I don't know. I probably other pet peeves. I can't. My, my bananas. So the whole thing with bananas, right? Every, you can't bring a banana in a boat, which I think is a joke. Uh, my uncle has this. He always, everywhere he goes, we're in his boat. He has a banana, but it has a belt. The bananas hooked to a belt. Never mind. Yeah, just bananas and things. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. What? Is, somebody else go. I don't. Give me some ideas. Give me something to work with, because like making me. I haven't really put much thought to it if you guys can't tell yeah travis, no, i couldn't tell you're high you could, cat. fat Great cat's problem. working on it so travis what do you got for a pet peeve man where do we start i got a list 
I got it. Oh, yeah. Let's go, dude. Go. Run, Do I just name them off and then we talk or what? Yeah. Hey, yeah. Throw one out to the panel. What throw do you got? What do you got? Paying for a boat ramp fee to launch ah, a boat. That sucks. Somebody's playing tennis on the tennis court, shooting baskets over there, having a picnic on the picnic table. They don't have to pay to use that park, <laughs> but I got to put 10 bucks in the, in the honor box just to launch my boat every day. Come on. That's I, a great that's point. A point. <laughs> I see uh, a lot of highlights, a lot of highlights coming off of this guys. A lot of highlight videos. Uh, all right. Like Where I live in New York, there's two counties that have the most ridiculous rules when it comes to smallmouth bass fishing. So that's an issue. What, what, what rules? What kind of rules are you talking about? Uh, well, for six months out of the year, you can't target, can't even catch and release a smallmouth bass in Jefferson or St. Lawrence County. It's a no-no. Wow. You can't even go out and fun fish. I know, guys, and here's my pet peeve, really. I mean, I follow the rules most of the time. I've got two citations. Oh, we know right about here. you and but rules, gray areas. It's gray areas, okay? Um, I didn't know you You know, couldn't fish for salmon next to a fish ladder, but whatever. My point <laughs> is, there's guys that are going to go out in May and catch a bunch of big smallmouth on the St. Lawrence River, and they get away with it. Like, it's illegal to do. I cannot do it. I mean, if people see me out there. Uh, even, you know, people on the shoreline, the homeowners, if they see a bass boat, they're going to start yelling, saying something. Hey, don't you know smallmouth fishing is closed? So it's literally closed the last day in November through like the third week in June, just in these two counties. Anywhere else in upstate New York, you can fish year round, catch and release pretty much everywhere else, I believe, in the country. To be Canada is the you. same way. What's that? Canada. Yeah. Well, Canada's total different country but you know yeah, what i mean it's like a different country uh, yeah so, so we got that. we got weed police that's another issue i have weed, um, weed police yeah the, the weed police cheap trick did a song about that i remember that yeah <laughs> all right what's weed police so the weed police it's gonna be a kid college student whatever he's gonna be he's gonna have like an orange vest and he's gonna sit there at the boat ramp and you're gonna pull in you're going to get your truck. And all you want to do is go home. You know, you had a rough oh, day. That kind of weed. Different, different kind of weed. Yeah, different kind <laughs> yeah, of weed. Yeah. So all he's right. going to come up and he's going to check your boat for now. weed, right? <laughs> Milfoil, eelgrass, whatever it is. Even though right. the guy seen Ganja. me the day before, the day before, the day Columbia before. Columbia gold. He's right. going to go through his routine. <laughs> he's going to ask me a bunch of questions. He's going to ask me where my boat's been, how long it's been in the water, where I plan on going next. <sighs> So that's a big deal. That's a big deal for me. <laughs> that is a big deal. That's got to be Weed frustrating. Police. That's Weed when police. you forget how to speak English. Ah, you look French tonight, Travis. Genius. By the way, what's that? You you kind of look French with that beard thing. When did you yeah, get that? Like a, it's my like first a... time ever having a beard, so I'm I'm learning. I just like bought some beard oil and uh, one of those uh, what is it, ox brushes or whatever. Uh -huh. yeah. I still haven't had a beard. Yeah. Anyways, so I don't want to keep going. I mean, I'm sure. No, Brian please. Got We're gonna get back to it, but let's 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 talk to Brian New for a minute. Brian, Brian New, sitting there in the town that I grew up in, actually, oh. and uh, and and Brian, give me a tournament pet peeve. Give me a. What are the weed that... police like there, bro? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I, I'm not sure about the weed police anymore these days, Fair but um, okay. yeah, I, I've got a list too. Um, kind of like. You know, we can go all over the place, but 
the first thing that popped in my head, you know, when you invited me on with this uh, topic was a messy boat. You know, uh, a lot of people, a lot of very successful tournament anglers, their boat is just a, a disastrous wreck. And uh, it drives me absolutely crazy. <laughs> if I have a co-angler or a fishing a team tournament, just fishing in general, and somebody's in my boat and they clip off their line and throw it in the floor, yeah, I've got to stop what I'm doing and go pick it up. That's, that sounds like obsessive compulsive, Brian. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've got a lot of disorders is what my wife said. <laughs> <laughs> if a, if a uh, co-angler gets in your boat and he's got muddy shoes or something like that, oh, is that? Yeah, yeah it's not going to be a good start to the day. You know, I'm pretty easy going. Just don't cross the line. Some people just don't know where that line is. What about what about when the co-angler pulls out a little jar of spike it? Do you tense up Ooh. or do you tell – how do you handle that? <laughs> hey, as long as he's got deep pockets, I don't care. <laughs> you know, I don't – that – it don't bother me as long as he don't spill it. If he cool. spills it, it's going to bother me for sure. <laughs> Do you, I gotta, I gotta get you in Iconelli's boat someday. Oh God. Especially yeah. like after like three events. Yeah. You're probably going to have you know. to call the weed police after that. Cause you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's unbelievable. unbelievable. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I've, I've been around this boat. <laughs> Haven't been in it like you have, but, uh, yeah, it is a mess, but it works yeah. for him, you know. <laughs> He's won a classic and and everything else, and um, yeah, it works for him. You got to do what works for you. Messy does mm -hmm. not work. Travis, about what about you? You 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 fish a lot of tournaments. You're out there guiding. You got clients. You can't have a messy boat, I'm sure. No, I I keep a a pretty clean rig for sure, Ooh. and I, I guess I just don't let that stuff bother me. I guess like I'm at the, some people, some guides will yell at their <laughs> clients, right? I am not really one of them. I don't, I don't get mad. I, I get mad like internally, but I don't express <laughs> it. Right. So I guess the biggest thing and, and even friends of mine, when they come on the boat, I guess really, and this wasn't on my list. Um, but this is kind of a big deal now that I think about it. I'm actually getting a little uh, furiated thinking because I remember. <laughs> uh, okay. When you're getting on the boat, a lot of times I'm positioning it by the dock. I'm holding it off the dock so it doesn't hit. There might be a little bit of wind. So I'm just kind of positioning the boat properly for people to get on. And some dudes de decides to jump, you know, four feet up onto the deck, just pile drives the boat. Um, that bothers me. Right. So that, that's like not a good sign when people just, you, you know, you, we've all been there, right. You've heard that before. Uh, they just jump on the boat. I guess that's kind of a big deal. Um, stepping on your rods, things like that, but that's part of the game. I, I just, I don't really let that get to me too much. I mean, I have, I break on average two to three rods a month, maybe more, Ooh. uh, guiding. And so I'm just used to it. I know that person probably feels bad right so i just say well you know it is what it is a lot of people offer to pay or replace it and uh luckily i use st croix rods so they're all you know lifetime warranty but it's uh you know it it, it all adds up right it's definitely a pet peeve i just don't i'm not vocal about it like i am some of these other things how do you how do you how do you internalize it what's your what's your move 
it's just, it's just anger inside, bro. Right? You I don't like it, you don't like punch it, it, you know, the pillow you punch or something like that. Up. And then Monday nights after ten thirty, when Epic Eric allows me to go on a rant, I let it all out. <laughs> <laughs> Did you like being introduced as a co-host? I didn't even catch that. No. Oh no. damn it. That's okay. That's okay. All right, fat cat. Like you're you're not just a, a fisherman. You're also a guy who's out there with NPFL doing some fabulous commentary. That has got to be an entirely different dimension for you. Surely there's a pet peeve that you have that gets in the way of your delivering the commentary you want to deliver. Maybe it's an angler who doesn't want you to get too close to him. Maybe it's anglers telling you, hey, don't give this up. Keep this part a secret or something like that. Give me, a, give me that part of your world and a pet peeve for it. Dude, I, it's gonna be hard to get me. To, uh, uh, dude, I don't even know uh, what you said. Uh, of course, those are things that that can be frustrating at times. Not giving you the juice. Yeah, I'm I, I'm not your guy. I don't have a lot of negative things to say about stuff like that. Uh, I know it sucks, and I'm probably a party pooper right now. But <laughs> I really don't. I don't even know what to, to, to bitch about right now. I mean, I, I honestly, when it comes to that well, kind of bitch stuff, about getting asked to come on podcasts. Yeah, yeah, that could be one thing, dude. I mean, listen, I, I I'm I'm flattered. I, I I like I like being asked to come on to the podcast. <laughs> coming on to the podcast is a whole other thing. Like I don't even know what to say right now. Like fish, the whole fishing community right now is uh, it's enough negative stuff going on. So I really don't have anything I want to add to it. If I'm being honest, like it's just well, it's just crazy yeah. right now, bro. I mean, like my pet peeve, like we'll try pissing in my boat. If you're gonna if you're gonna use the bathroom, piss on yeah. the side of my boat, not in the back of my boat or yeah. on my live well. I'd that appreciate dude, that. that. That guy in the comments, Slay Nation, he goes, "What if a co-angler actually takes a wee wee and a few drops get on the gel coat?" Yes, I think, dude, if you're it happens, pull, grab a bottle of water, grab motor, and splash it off, pee off the side of the boat. Don't piss yeah. them. I'm gonna wipe that down after the trip. I'm gonna <laughs> clean that, and I want to be cleaning your piss. Bry, hey, not everybody can reach the outside. Ah. <laughs> 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 Some people uh, may be working with shorter rods. Yes. Yeah, yeah dude. <laughs> pistol pistol grip. grip. Nope. <laughs> that, that's it, dude. Yeah. And if, I mean, if you're going to take a lunker dump, just fill the live well up full of water first. Don't dry box it. Get some water in there oh where you can scoop it out. You know what I mean? That don't happen. Yeah. I don't know. I don't been, know. I've been there. No, dude. And as far as like, I guess on the water etiquette could be a thing for me. Fishing on the Potomac River gets a little crowded. Like I'm sure, like Brian down there around the Carolinas, you know, Travis oh. up north, it gets you get stacked up in the community holes and just. And one thing we do deal with on the Potomac bends, our fishing seasons year round, pretty much, are the folks that come from up north, like Travis was saying, where the window of time is much more narrow. So when their bass season isn't in up top, they'll come down to the Potomac, and then they. Uh, I haven't I haven't dealt with it in a few years now, but there have been times. When the, the 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 bass start moving into community holes up the spawn like an acapo down around a choir, things like that, the big community holes that you look for the boat numbers. And if the boat numbers don't have a VA or MD, and it's got like a NJ or the 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 whatever the north numbers, you know you better protect your stuff because they're gonna come in on you. That's how y'all drive. When I see a jersey tag on the road, I got both hands on the wheel and I'm watching out. Just like when I'm on the water, man. Y'all are pirates. 
Uh, hmm. So I but I'm gonna come at you. I'm gonna come at you straight ahead. Not come. not around behind you. Come like you guys do. Uh, pirates. 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 Great at you. Of mine. You know, just fun fishing, it doesn't really bother me that much. Just you know, because I, I'm fortunate enough I get to do this for a living. So you know, when I'm fun fishing, that's what I'm doing. I'm fun fishing. Now I'm also trying to learn more and this and that but you know hey if this guy that only gets to fish on the weekends or every now and again wants to come out and he wants to fish this place it doesn't really bother me that bad but in a tournament it bothers me big time and if we're practicing for a tournament it's another competitor that's big time yeah it's that's not cool and what's sad is nowadays you know all these ledge tournaments that's you know that's been 10 years or more going on not really as much anymore but that's it seems like that's all anybody wanted to cover was these big groups of boats sitting boat to boat and you know the guy sitting at home the kids sitting at home watching that you know they think it's okay and and it's not it's not okay to be just to just pull up on somebody now am i saying that i've never pulled up and fished beside somebody i have yes of course but you still you pull up say hey do you mind if i come in and if they say no you don't if they say you do yeah come on in once you tell me yes i can come in with you at that point you know if, if i'm on a place that you want to come in on come on in you don't even have to ask me but if you tell me no don't even think about pulling in on me <laughs> right. raises, that's a really interesting point Give me a pet peeve of yours that that rises to the level. Travis was talking about internalizing some of the anger when a, a guy client jumps into his boat or steps on a rod or something. Give me an example of a pet peeve where if somebody violates it, you're going to come at them. You're going to say something about it. Yeah, I mean, somebody cutting me off, pulling in front of me, um, you know, a pirate. If you're a pirate, I'm going to blow my fuse. And... Uh, <laughs> I did this year at Lake Seminole and yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a good deal. It, I messed up and stopped too soon. It was, is a little small patch of reed heads. Uh, you know, I had a ton of, or uh, sorry, pad stems. I had five or six bites on in practice and I'm, I'm rolling in there. I see it. I stop, I sit down, I'm fishing. Iconelli's about a hundred yards down and uh, Jersey guy. Well, then I realized, I was like, where's the little reed head that was, beside, that was beside the pad stems? And then I look, and it's about halfway between me and Ike and Nelly. So I kind of start fishing my way a little quicker to it. And about that time, another elite angler pulled right in between us. And, uh, yeah, I blew my fuse. And in the meantime, Ike and Nelly kicks it on high and, and gets there and sets there for three days, makes the top ten, and uh, he didn't do anything wrong. This other angler, on the other hand, did. And luckily, though. What's his name? What's the son of a bitch's name? Say his name. <laughs> he lives in Alabama. Uh-oh. That's, that's half the elite field, Brian. That Come on. Half. Alabama. What's it yeah. right here? Um, Huckleberry. <laughs> what? Huckleberry. Uh, yeah. You got a yeah. reputation for that. Huh. Um, but you no, know, if the shoe fits, I guess. There you go. Yeah. Allegedly. All right, Travis, you're internalizing a lot of these, uh, a lot of the anger from pet peeves. Give me, give me one that 
that makes you speak out. Yeah, you look guy right right now, Travis. Let it Ready? Out. Where were we? <laughs> Paying for a boat. We did that. Weed police, New York laws, uh, keeping two fish in a live well for a picture. Well, I didn't say that one. Okay, so, but I got some better ones. Let's 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 go right to, let's go right to like what nobody wants to talk about. My pet peeve is that. There's fans that watch the elites, that watch the MLF, that watch professional fishermen, anglers, and they will do very well, right, in the tournament. And they think it's all skill. My biggest pet peeve is the fact that there is a lot of information after the rules that anglers are getting, and nobody seems to be talking about that. If you want oh, to talk boy. at the tournament level, um, you know, at, at the higher level, I mean – you guys know I'm pretty vocal about stuff. I I tell you how I feel. I mean, I've had touring level pros, guys that you know that you watch every week, contact me well within the off limits, asking for information. So it happens. And nobody seems to want to talk about that. And that just blows my mind that that, that goes on. That, oh, that, that's on my list as well. Okay, guys, thank you. You hit on one of my pet peeves. I'm looking at this, obviously, from a very different perspective than a competitor, which is what you guys were. You guys were among the very best and out there fishing against the very best. As a, as a media person, as the former senior editor of BASS Publications for a long time, I would have guys come to me and say, oh, so-and-so violated this rule or that rule. I say, well, step right up. I want to take you to the tournament director and let's get this guy punished for this let's no no i don't want to be that guy and i can't that's the problem it drove me crazy that no one would follow through and all i wanted to say to him after that was stfu if you're not going to follow through i don't want to hear any more about it that was my pet peeve from a, a whole different angle because i wanted i want to see these guys who violate the rules punished and penalized and mm -hmm. and there's no transparency in our sport at that level and that's that's an issue too. Uh, cause mm -hmm. guys, guys fail polygraphs all the time. Yeah. And, and if they're penalized at all, it's usually a monetary slap on the wrist. Dude, and, and look, at, look at Bernard. I asked him if he wanted to come on and he said, yes, obviously lying. Ah, listen, put me on a polygraph. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what's so, the fine? I'll pay. So I'm, I'm right there with you, Travis. That's a, a pet peeve for me, cheating. And, and Brian, I think you just agreed with me that there's not a ton of follow-through among right. the anglers who see the cheating. Yeah, if, if you know about it and you don't report it, you're part of the problem. And, and, Amen. Uh, and so I had an angler that I considered a friend, not necessarily a great friend, but a friend I you know never had any issues with him. Uh, that fished the uh, FLW, whatever it is now, and uh, two years ago called me up, was at the Potomac River, and was asking me for information. Well, that year they were under a uh, just same rules as us. As soon as the schedule was announced, no information. Or maybe it was a January 1st deal, whatever it was. It was 100% no information. And we're just kind of general conversation, and he, he – he says, well, what do I need to be looking for up here and this, that? And he kind of caught me off guard because this is not my best buddy, but a friend, you know? So I was like, 
you put me in a bind. So I kind of jibber jabber, didn't know what to say. And I was like, dude, you, you, you can't get information. And I swear to God, he said, um, 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 you know what? You're right. You're right. Well, you're the, you're the only person I've called. So, you know, I haven't got any info. Well, I hung up, <laughs> thought about it for a couple minutes and I called Daniel Fennell, which is the tournament director. And, uh, yeah, nothing was done about it. But that yeah, being what does that angler's name rhyme with, Bry? Um, oh, Canada. It doesn't necessarily <laughs> rhyme with Canada. <laughs> Carry on, dude. That is a pet uh, peeve, though, of just people that put you in that position, whether it's that or anything uh, else. Just because now, now you're tied up in something you don't even want to be involved in, but you have to. You're forced. Yeah. To relay that to, to the powers that be. If not, like you said, you're guilty as he is, especially if you yeah. know what's wrong. Or even if you don't even know for sure, you still have to do it in case you're put in a situation where you do have to take that polygraph. You you know, a lot of guys say if you're not playing in the gray, you're not playing or you're not, yeah. not working hard enough. That's bullshit. We, every one of us know what's right and wrong. And I want to win as bad as everybody out there. I want to, win every title there is as bad as everybody out there but i'm not going to do what i truly know in my mind is not right to do so it, um it's just i mean temptation we, dude temptation is a powerful thing and we've seen it take a hold of some people that we thought were not uh, i mean we have seen some guys in the past few years make some very very poor judgments to where we wouldn't have thought they were going to and we just dealt with we saw it last year to where i don't even know if it's it's a reflection of their character or just in the heat of the moment they want it so bad that they make that decision that puts split second knowing they shouldn't but still do and then it's irreversible and it's tainted their reputation for for as long as they're in the sport these guys have to carry that to where i don't necessarily want to call them a cheater but they definitely made, but they cheat. I don't know. They man. should have to wear a scarlet I, jersey. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's, 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 nah. it's crazy. Fat Cat, what frustrates me about that is kind of the flip side of that same coin. All the guys out there who enjoy this sparkling reputation and have had a lot of success, but every one of us on this show knows their reputation behind the scenes as a cheater, as a rule yeah. violator. Oh, that's, dude, I will say one thing. Uh, Damn, about, that's a about, good about my dude, it really is because I can say from from someone that got into this industry from a hundred percent fan, uh, and it's got it got to the point to where like I, it was a nice, juicy, very delicious apple that I kind of bit too much into, and I got a bad taste in my mouth because I got too far in, and I got to see some of the things you're talking about to where some of the people I thought who they were, and then I got to get on the inside. And see that they weren't actually who they portrayed to be. Uh, I mean, dude, but that's that's business, and to a certain extent, I mean, not not justifying it, but I think that goes on anywhere, any anything you do. That's just people are chameleons. They'll, they'll, they'll to your face, they'll butter your biscuit, and then they'll turn your back and they'll burn your toast. I think it's the biggest thing is the guys like us that are have the insides, and I have two connections. Like I want, what, what do you what do you call them? What do you call that? Consigliere. No, like you're, uh, I don't know. The, the guy you talk to to get the info, 
what's that guy called? Your, your insider. Medicine man. Insider. insider. I got two insiders oh. in this oh. industry that are, that trust me and they know I don't, I don't name names, but I will be vocal about stuff. And, you know, we talked about the, uh, I guess the information rule, but then we also, and from a fans, fans and the insiders, like the fans are looking at these anglers and like, man, they're, I cannot believe he was able to do that. This is crazy. I, you know, I want to be, be like him. I want to be able to fish like him, but they don't know the behind the scenes stuff. They don't know that this dude, you know, went out with half a dozen guides has been on these lakes for months, has a huge bank account. That's supporting this mission in order for him to qualify. And, and there's nothing wrong with that, but the biggest pet peeve is the fans don't realize what's really going on inside the industry. Nobody's talking about that. And another one, you know, just, just thinking about is, is a lot of times egos get in the way and, you know, uh, just two examples that, that one main example that I have, I know I personally was able to get two anglers in the elite series based off of information I gave them for the opens and not that I needed anything in return back for it. I did kind of need a, a barge that was on the Potomac and I never got it from them after the fact. But my point is there's a lot of that going on. And like me, if, if someone gave me some juice and I was able to do well in the tournament, I'd let you guys know on my, my show, Hey, this dude hooked me up. I told you guys, Eric's hooked me up plenty of times in tournaments with information and things like that when it's legal. And it seems like some of these guys, egos, they never, not that I'm looking for that, but, if it happened to me a few times, I'm sure there's dozens of stories like that out there. Yeah. And, and you say, you say that there's nothing wrong with that. I disagree. You, you know, if me and you are buddies or maybe we're acquaintances or whatever, and I call you and ask you for information in a tournament that it's legal before off limits, nothing wrong with that. But when I call you and say, Hey, I'll give you $5,000 for all your waypoints there is something wrong with that. And, and there was definitely people that qualified for the elites this year that they did it. Their daddy used to fish and they did it. And uh, yeah, I'm not okay with that at all. And the problem is none of these tournament organizations, when, when these things happen, they don't want to broadcast it, right? Because it looks bad for their organization. So they're not going to say it. Nobody's going to hear about it except the people that are on the inside. And then you get little droplets of information here and there. And, and then rumors start. And then we really don't know the truth. Like there's a dozen guys right now I'd love to know the truth about. Yeah. And, you know, so we, we all hear these rumors. And we know they're probably true. But a lot of them are not facts. And the one angler that I'm speaking of, you don't know that it's fact. Maybe you do. But I personally know that it's a fact. And, uh about buying information and not only that they knew they were going to qualify for the elites the schedule is announced they've got several months before they actually qualify for the elites you know i don't know for a fact that they went and bought information for that but yeah they did sure yeah you know the lack of the, what we're talking about part of the big problem here is the lack of transparency the leagues don't want to tell the story and i think it all boils down to how weak the sport really is, you know, the sport is trying to support multiple leagues. That's a challenge. Uh, the pie has really not grown any for sponsorships and money in decades. And yet there are more 
forks on the table than there have ever been before. The the economy is is at a challenging time. Uh, plus, there's there's no outlet to tell these stories. If somebody wanted to tell the story about uh, an angler who had a problem with rules violations or or a cheating scandal or something like that, nobody's going to publish it. Uh, certainly, the leagues don't want to publish that story because it makes them look bad. Uh, if if you publish a story about an angler, uh, his sponsors are going to get pissed off, and and then the money's not going to go to the leagues and so forth. So it winds up being this this vicious cycle, uh, this vicious uh, conspiracy of silence. Yeah, and it's sad that it's that way because I mean a lot of that controversy is what makes all these other sports so big. I don't I don't know yeah. I don't know why we're not riding that same pony. Well, I think um, the Brian, problem Brian, is the money. Just as money is the evil, it prevents people from telling the open story. If your sport is strong enough, if you're the NFL, there's an entire cottage industry of people who want to do nothing but tell stories about NFL players with drug and alcohol and spousal abuse problems. There's yeah. an audience for that. There's a market for that. Tim, this all this, everything we're talking about is kind of a pet peeve of mine right now. Like the current <laughs> climate, the current climate of a professional fishing. It's just trash. All the content put out is about what the fishing world is doing. Like everything we're talking about right now is not productive really to what that's if right. we're really trying to help professional bass fishing right now. I don't know, dude. This yeah. is everything uh, right now, YouTube, social media, everything, whether it's just political, whether it's forward facing sonar yeah. against non-forward facing sonar, whether it's kayak bass fishing against bass fishing, whether it's league against league, whether it's this against that, it sucks, dude. And all we're doing is just this. We're just digging our own, digging our own grave, dude. Because we're all at each other. Everybody's at each other right now. We don't realize, as a whole, our industry. We do. We are. We jam living creatures in the face with cold steel. If we don't realize what we do, we talk about being with the Olympics. We talk about we want to take the sport to the next level. We want it to what it was. We can't even get along. We can't even get along. So how in the hell are we going to get to the next level? When everybody's at everybody's, nobody's helping anybody, dude. Nobody's picking anybody up. All we're doing is tearing each other down. Dude, it gets me worked up because I, I know, like, I am the part of, like, the, the content I've made. I've always tried to make jokes of myself and make jokes of the, what goes on within the industry. But, dude, like, right now within the bass fishing industry, like, it's, it's scary, dude. And none of us are really doing anything to help. Like, we're talking about right now, we need more content about what's bad in the industry. No, we don't. Some of these things are bad and they do need to be brought to attention. But on the other hand, we need to find out a delicate way to do it and maintain what we have before it gets worse. And there is no more because it's not getting better. It's really not. And I think this, this, all this, like this doesn't help. Well, this conversation I, this, wasn't designed to go into the, I know that I know, dude, but it's just what's been on my mind. And it's kind of like the pet yeah. peeve thing and the negative tone. Like nothing against you guys. I love the show. I love what you guys are doing. But you, I got, it's just like it's just just anti-forward facing sonar, fat cat. I'm just trying. No, dude, I, I don't care. I don't even own forward facing sonar. I enjoy it. I, I mean, there's there's all we can all live together. We can all this live together. This is the whole world dude. nowadays. That's the, the thing. It is, dude. I'm just want to be happy. Yeah. It is. It is. It is. It, it is really it's, it's, yeah. it's a yeah. pitiful would all of us agree a world you. like this would all of us agree I, that a pet peeve would be the forward facing sonar debate depend no matter what side you're on isn't it getting old 
I don't want to. I didn't want to hear about it three months ago. I was so sick of hearing about it. It's yeah, here. It's, well, let's talk about it. No, let's not. Is <laughs> this because it's, it has honestly it's become more political? Like it's become this like to where it's you have people that are for it or against it just because somebody they like is for it or against it with no logic behind it. You have guys that would never own it. There, it's just. This too shall soon pass and there'll be something else. But the Ford face is so we do as a sport need to kind of figure out something because it, it does affect. We've talked, I, you and I talked about it, Brian, like back in the day, like growing up watching bass fishing. I'm from like White Oak. I'm from the, uh, a tidal area, right? I want to watch largemouth bass get caught and all that. So whenever they would go north and Jack Smalley's, I didn't care. Like watching a hunting show. I want to see him shoot whitetail to shoot elk. I don't care. So like that, that swing of the tour, I was never really on it anyways, just because that style of fishing doesn't fit me. Unlike you, Travis, you're all about that offshore life and, and you can yeah. do it, but it's, I, I think not, it's always, I it's always been a drop Reality. off. In I would not launch my boat without forward facing sonar to chase deep water smallmouth. I'd find another activity. I would not waste my time. <laughs> I want to set the trap for fishing. And I don't want to. Don't your clients, though, your clients benefit from it. You're able to Even give me, your clients me, a much better time. Look, when I go fishing, I don't want to look at the scenery. I look at the water all day long. I want to set the hook, enjoy my day, catch fish, put fish in the boat, and move on with my life. I don't want to. But it has it has changed the dynamic. Open, there's a fish that's going to bite. It I'll has changed the dynamic of our sport, though. It has changed the dynamic of our sport, especially for the viewers at home. Like it has. It is taking an effect on what we, on the sport that we love. I mean, it's so, I don't know. So, so my opinion on all this, and, and it has to do with the forward facing thing in between you two guys right there. And, and the things we were talking about earlier with bringing things to light and, but not bringing them to light because it causes negativity. Like the truth is somewhere in the middle, right? I mean, look at the politics today. It, you know, you got this side doing that and that side doing that. The, the truth is somewhere in the middle. With the forward-facing thing, I think there is an honest discussion that could happen about potential limits. You know, flat-out banning it, probably a stupid idea, um, you know. Uh, but what is coming, like what we're going to see on guys' boats this year, might be a little bit egregious. And so I think there's maybe an honest discussion about limitations on it. Um, it you know, back to what we were talking about before, I think, Dude, isn't it crazy? But, isn't it crazy that you can have that kind of technology on your boat, but you can't throw an A rig? Like, <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Man, what are we talking crazy. about right now? It's wild. That's stupid. Yeah, that, but you could change a kid's gender, but they can't. What do you get think? Tattoo. <laughs> what do you, know you know think, man? Brian? New, what do you think about that? You got Ford faces sonar, but no A rig. Does that? I mean, no, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And here's where I'm at, and this is all I'm going to say because I'm sick of hearing about the freaking scope but <laughs> i'm not a i'm not a, i do it i did it all day today i'm gonna do it all day saturday Goper. and i don't love it but i'm not a hater it's here it's here to stay like let's move on let's adapt let's do our job and let's move on that's it i'm done talking about it y'all can talk about it but i'm not right, bro i got one question for you regarding it one question do you right. think there's a conversation about potential limits i think what you're going to see this year there'll be a limit next year okay fair enough right. thanks bro
Brian knew. I got a question. I don't think he'll ever be banned. No, 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 I don't understand. No, no. And listen, no. and I Ken, don't think it should. Nah, Hummingbird, Garmin, Lawrence—they will never be banned. And then let's let's just let's move on. Let's stop talking for. I guess yeah, it's bitch about something else. Want to talk about? All right, let's, <laughs> let's change gears a little bit. Coming back to Brian New for a moment. All right, Brian, we know a little bit about your pet peeves. What we'll grinds your gears, cats. Brian? No, 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 no. That's not oh, my sorry. question. A lot. <laughs> Travis's pet, Travis's lengthy list of pet peeves, which we'll be here for a couple hours to go through those. <laughs> I love that. Um, have you ever been able to turn somebody else's pet peeves against them to use as as your offense in a tournament? I'm sure I have, but I can't. I can't put a. Uh, I can't put a thumb on it. You know. Now, co-angling back on my co-angling days. Yeah. I, had some, uh, I had some stuff that I did. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I can I can tell you, uh, I went out to a, an MLF event in the early days of MLF, and uh, I was talking to the late, great Aaron Martins. And uh, one of his great friends is Ot Defoe. And Aaron was getting everything just so meticulous in his boat. You know, Brian, you were talking about how organized you like your boat to be. And, and uh, Aaron was as meticulous as anybody I ever saw. And, and he was looking in the you know, the, the center storage on the bow and he'd gotten all his gear lined up and he had some hook hangers and stuff in the lid, underside of the lid. And he's getting it all just so, and then he, he excused himself for a few minutes to go to the bathroom or something back in the hotel room. And uh, I'd immediately jumped in his boat and started rearranging everything. <laughs> Which I, I thought was that. hilarious. And <laughs> I've got a great that. sense of humor. But I'm sure Aaron would have been ready to wring his neck when he got yeah. back and saw that. Uh, so I thought of that as a kind of, kind of funny little gamesmanship that Ott was playing. Yeah. Yeah. No, ever, that's, that's funny. Yeah. How you about know, you, what? Travis? Have you ever tried to take anybody off their game by exploiting their pet peeve? Well, the banana things that we talked about earlier, I've had plenty of people, you know, I, I, if I have a banana on the boat and I, I remember time and time again, you know, we've caught fish with it. It doesn't, you know, it's just a superstition. There's check a lot of superstitions, so. B, check uh, your phone. All right, dude, don't holler at me, Jesus. No, that's all right. Yeah, it, uh, and you know, to the to the banana thing, Travis, I remember, I think it was the 1982 classic that was won by Paul Elias. Somebody had, had grabbed his cap that he was going to wear on the last day or something and written the number 13 on it a couple of times. I can't remember who did that. Might have been Denny Brower or something like that, or Larry Nixon. Somebody just playing a prank on him um, because he knew he had a thing about the number 13, wouldn't have 13 rods in his boat or something like that. And that might have been back in the era when you can only have five or six. But he was trying to, to take him off his game. I know guys who hide bananas in other pros' boats and things like that. And I think that's hilarious. Anybody who's that superstitious is setting themselves up for that kind of prank. Right, right. I did that on the Delaware, threw a banana in Mike Centaur's boat, and he went out and caught. He won the event, blew it away, and and brought in one about six and a half pounds that I'd never seen a fish that big in the Delaware. Did you start so. putting a banana in your boat? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I put it in my pants, my boat, everywhere yeah. after that. Deal. <laughs> From that day forward. Listen, I got I got one I want to hear. Fat Cat and Brian's thoughts on this. Swing for yeah. the fences. I'm going to go <laughs> swing for the fences. Yeah, I think that's – it's kind of dumb, but at the same time, you know, 
it has a little bit of it has a little bit of reality sometimes i think if you're so far like at the classic this year i was day, going into day 3 i was the last man in 25 i literally was out of fish i literally didn't have a whole lot of fish cuz i was the last man in and i couldn't go anywhere but up so i made the longest run somewhere i'd never been and I didn't catch a limit, but every I had like ten pounds on three fish on that shithole that we were at, and so that yeah, I was swinging for the fences that day. I mean, I didn't really have a chance at winning, but uh, I had the chance to move up and make some more money. Now, where you're going with it, I'm sure we all swing for the fence every day. Now, I don't agree with that. Sometimes we play it safe. But if what I say swing for the fences, it's kind of like a uh, out there something that's probably not going to happen but it could yeah yeah that's a that's a phrase you hear probably too often but i totally get where brian's coming from that you, know, no, you make brian, a long run you, you go to an area where you're not expecting that many bites but you figure there'll be quality bites you decide to throw a swim bait or a buzz bait all day instead of a, a finesse worm you know he yeah, yeah, dude, he gave I, a good perspective on that because I always assumed it was more of an excuse when guys go out and, and it's mostly yeah. by the guys that have non-elite. Here's another pet peeve, non-elite non MFL anglers that have their boats and trucks wrapped. Now <laughs> I'm sure there's situations where maybe you have a family friend that's paying you 10 grand to go fish your ABA tour to give you your wrap boat. But a lot of times it's ego and you want to look like a pro, right? You want to play the part. And I get it. Fake it till you make it. I was a, listen, I was a patch pirate in the beginning. I had my first Jersey in 2006. I was, I fished the first ever Bassmaster elite ser series tournament on Lake Amistad as a co-angler. And I had a, a Jersey in, in 06 or 07, that tournament ish one. And I looked better than the pros that first year. I mean, Jersey started going what? 07. 08 by 2013 everybody had a jersey and and listen there's not there's different situations but there's a lot of i guess i'm gonna call them wannabes there's guys that they never catch them but they got the rap boat if you're that good you don't want a rap boat you don't want people to see where you're at every day on the water like that's like having a bullseye on your back if you're a good angler with a rap boat where are you guys at with that I'm mixed, dude. So let me ask you a question. Back in 06, why did you get a jersey? Why why were you one of the fake it till you make right. it? Did it make you feel did you feel like you were a part of something when you did I that? Did. And did you do you feel I like you it. hurt anybody by doing that? No. Well, I, I was just asking because you talk no. to some guys and they feel like it's, you know, when you're giving that free sponsorship away, it's taking money away from guys that actually get paid That's to be sponsored point. by some. I, I didn't think of it like that. Well, that's you how know, some guys really think of it. Me when, when my buddies kept asking me to go get like a, a reaction ovations, uh, you know, sweet beavers, because I had reaction ovations on my chest. They're like, man, can you hook me up with a deal? I'm like, uh, I had to buy the guy a bunch <laughs> of reaction ovations to pretend I was sponsored by them in 2006. That's the truth, yeah. man. See, that's the unique I thing about our not. sport, though, man. I, that's the unique thing about our sport compared to whether you want to compare it to football, baseball, whatever the case it is. You can go out and you can kind of, like you said, fake it till you make it to a certain extent. But I also think 
It's some guy, they just want to be a part of something. And I get what you're saying about the guys that do what you're saying. They, they have the funds. They have the money to wrap the boat, wrap the truck, get the jersey. And now they're giving autographs out and have literally never won a tournament. Uh, yeah, dude, it's, it's, it's not a pet peeve, but it is something that makes me scratch my head. Just because I wouldn't do that, but then who am I to critique or criticize somebody else for doing it? Sure. But I do understand what you're saying without yeah. trying to, because I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, man. I don't know, like they want to be a part of something. Because I have made jokes about guys who wear jerseys to Golden Corral on Tuesday night, just because they want to feel <laughs> like they're, they want to feel like something to wear. Like if that's the only thing they can get out of life is by wearing a jersey. And so, oh my gosh, it's a weird thing. But it doesn't, it doesn't affect my life but so much. So I don't, I don't know, man. I do know where you're coming from, bro. Yeah. I'm, I'm right there with Fat Cat. Like, yeah, it bugs me a little bit, but at the same time, I can put myself in that guy's shoes, and that guy's paying my bills and every one of y'all's bills. And he's probably a sweetheart, too. He's probably a super nice guy, probably into, uh, is a big fan of the sport. Some of them may not be. I have met not a few. All, not all the guys with the rap boats. I, I agree, yeah. I've learned something uh, sometimes the people that – Aren't what they say. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're yeah. right. <laughs> well, you know, you're I, right. I've never, I never got irritated by the guys who are wearing the patches and the jerseys. And I've interviewed many an angler who won a, a local derby. And, and I'd say, well, hey, you're sponsored by Zoom. And well, no, not really. I just have that on my jersey. But the guys who drive me crazy and who have been a pet peeve for me are, are the guys who, about that same era Travis is talking about, 2006, 2010, they got jerseys for everybody working in their booth at an event like the classic. And these are just salespeople for, for a brand. They're not, they're not tournament guys. They're not affiliated in any way with the competition, but they're wearing jerseys. And I remember I got a call from a guy saying, Hey man, maybe you can come by and take a look at our products, help us get some publicity for them. You know, he's reached out to me as media to help get some exposure. And a couple of times I wandered by his booth at the classic and he was always busy. And and he called me after the classic was over and I said, hey, I tried to stop by. You were always busy. He said, yeah, it was great. I must have signed 500 autographs. I'm thinking, really? You wasted your time? Well, first of all, not all the fans in an event like that are, are dialed into what the sport, what's going on in the sport. And second of all, if that's what makes a successful classic for you. You're not going to be in business long. Sure. So, so I'm not sure what tournament it was, but. My family, they all wear my jersey at when they come to the to the tournaments, and uh, I think I think my my wife's uncle and granddad both signed autographs <laughs> um, at a tournament one time. That's last, great. Year, in the last couple of years, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, I, I think yeah. that's hilarious, you know, because well. Uh, in 2019, uh, Quantum did a survey of the people who attended the Classic Expo in Chattanooga, and and uh, only 24 or 25% of the people in attendance knew that Kevin Van Dam was a professional angler. Wow. 24%. Yes, 24% of those in attendance knew that Kevin Van Dam was a professional angler. Where was this at? Chattanooga. But hey, yeah, don't well, don't that, don't don't take a shot at Chattanooga here. Oh come on, Ooh. that could have been Orlando or nah. you know, could have been New Jersey. That could have been Dallas. Uh, that could have been anywhere. <laughs> That's the audience. I, I Nobody from Jersey showing up at that thing without knowing. They're, they're going to be at the shore for, or the casinos. For Brian, oh, 
I can't believe this isn't a pet peeve, and maybe it's not, but let's say you're in a top 10 on the final day of an elite event, and you have that guy on camera in the background fishing. Does that bother you? If he's in my way, yeah. Yeah, like, go a little deeper with what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Well, a lot of footage that you see um, from time to time, even just now that it's all days are live, there's always that dude in the background, right? That's fishing. Um, yes. yes. I have no problem yes. with guys fishing on the body of water. I do. When you guys come up here on the St. Lawrence River, I can't stop guiding for the week, right? Yeah, you but can. I'm not going to go and approach and know where you guys are going to be fishing and try to catch a bunch of fish before you arrive. I'm going to plan my day differently but these guys are just out cracking on them and maybe they want to be on camera catching a fish behind you i don't know but that's what it appears like sometimes yes it that that makes my blood bowl it does and i'm gonna step on some some fans toes here and i'm i'm just sorry it's just how i believe um uh, there's plenty of other places to go fishing and now i will say this like not just every not everybody that fishes follows tournament fishing not everybody that bass fishes follows tournament fishing so maybe they don't those guys probably don't know what they're doing to hinder me or you or who anybody else so do i think they're wrong yes do they know they're wrong maybe maybe not so you know i get kicked off the elites next year you make the elites you come to lake murray I'm not going to be on the water while, while that tournament's going on, period. If I want to go fishing, I'm going to go to another lake. And mm -hmm. I think anybody that follows tournament fishing should not be on the lake when a major event is on that lake. Yes, that bothers me. But, once again, there's a lot of people that don't know that they're, I mean, I want to say they're doing wrong, but are they? You know, mm -hmm. not really. I mean, they have every right to be there than I do, but it does bother me. Sure. And and that's why I think it's important for the fans to realize, like, if you want to watch, fine. Don't pick up a rod. And there's plenty of other areas. And I'm just speaking Lake Ontario, St. Lawrence River. There's plenty of areas to get away from people if you want to enjoy that, you know, that day on the water. If that's the only day you have off that week and you happens to be during an Elite Series event, I totally understand that. But just – I'm just talking about that guy that needs to be in the camera, you know, behind yeah, the leaders. Yeah. And I mean, you know, you're talking, you're talking an ocean. I mean, yeah, that, right. that's the ocean. It's a great lake, but it's an ocean. I live on Lake Murray and I finished almost dead last when we were here on my home lake this year. Uh, definitely not making excuses. I didn't make the right adjustments, but dude, it was, it was unreal. There's about a thousand places probably realistically about 200 places to fish that week of the year and they're one cast places and their points and they're obvious and everybody knows about them and the first day of the tournament i ran 130 something mile round trip because i couldn't get on a place and i refused to pull in with somebody sure yeah mm. it bugs me and, and a lot of that was local guys yeah and that's another thing i think I think a pet peeve would be to see a competitor pull up on a guy that's just out fun fishing, thinking that they own that spot as well. Yeah. Like that's, 
that it works both ways, I feel. Yeah, so at the end of the day, let's let's forget about tournament fishing. That's what we do. That's what we follow. That's why we're here talking about it. But if you're fun fishing and I'm fun fishing, I'm not going to pull up on you, period. It doesn't matter if I'm in a tournament or not. If you're fun fishing and I'm fun fishing, I'm not going to pull up on you. Bottom of yeah, dude. I was I was fishing the Potomac this year. Earlier this year, I, I was had a pretty good pattern, and I was sitting down, Amish and I had back. exactly, dude. And yeah. I had it on braid, right, sixty five yeah. pound braid. Anyways, I got a little a little backlash. The reel must have been going bad. But I'd sat down. I was fooling with it. Another boat. And we have a Wednesday night derby here uh, out of the choir, and one of those boats. Yeah, choir. Well, choir. I wasn't fishing the tournament. One of those boats pulled up, and I knew that's what they were doing. Dude, and they were about a cast and a half away of this little point. Tide was going out. It was just setting up good. And anyways, dude, they pulled up like third cast. Well, I'm trying to get this backlash out. Oh, boy, Jack's a five-pounder. And, dude, and I was so frustrated because I didn't want to say, hey, I'm fishing there or anything. They didn't know what I was doing. But I went to jerk that backlash out, dude, and when I snatched it, that braid cut right down to my thumb. Because I was so aggravated that my pet peeve was like them rolling up on me and casting within a cast and a half when you have the whole river, but they didn't know. But yeah, that, that's probably the biggest. <laughs> that's that sucks. Yeah, just yeah. I just wanted to tell you that story. I really don't have any I other reason. It. I just wanted to tell you that. I, well, did you get your Amish made swim bait back? Oh, dude, I don't run out of those. I got the, I okay. got them all over the place. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So, so fat cat in 87 when you won the classic yeah, you didn't have twice. a bunch of fishermen around you behind you any of that stuff no they knew better dude i, I had nunchucks with me i had it all they 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 knew better than to come close because i get down with a get down fat cat if i recall you won the classic twice that year i had back to black in the july of 87 it was a good right. year <laughs> yeah it's a big year a lot That's of people george cochranoff Exactly. A lot of people mistakenly think Cochran won that year <laughs> and in 96, but fact they don't know. Dude, I've had people several different, they, they'll change the Wikipedia thing. Hey man, I fixed it. Well, Wikipedia has him winning, but anyways, yeah. <laughs> yeah. For anybody who hasn't seen Fat Cat's uh, interview with a local news station at a classic uh, quite a few years ago, it is, it is, I think the funniest fishing thing I've, I've ever seen. Yes. Yeah. Appreciate funniest it, fellas. I've ever but seen on, on YouTube. So I'm fairly young. I'm 33 and I don't remember. I don't remember people fishing on top of each other when I was growing up. I don't remember. I don't remember oh, yeah. when I first started traveling, I started fishing FW as a co-angler in 2012. And even the ledge tournaments in 2012, I don't remember that. Now it was soon I, after. It was soon after. And it seems like it's just got, got more and more and it's it's accepted more and i think it's accepted more bry because there's cameras so everybody's got cameras so nobody will physically challenge somebody there's nothing there's no there's no price to pay like ike talks about his first ever uh time fishing a pro-am get uh he was in denny brower's boat you know first ever time fishing uh you know and, and right first thing in the morning brower goes over and chases uh tommy biffle off a of riprap like a hundred and something yards long 
you know, flew on pad from one end of the riprap to the other to curse him out up and down and, and, and threaten his ass and get him out of there. Now with cell phones and, and GoPros, guys are afraid to do that stuff. So, yeah, maybe it's getting a little more prevalent. It, maybe. You know, and it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier. It's just the whole world is ruined nowadays. Yeah. People can do, as as, yeah, as that, the old there, guy. There's no etiquette. There's no etiquette. And it's not I'm talking the whole world, not just fishing. No, it's a it's a problem in, in every You don't arena. matter, I do. Yeah. Well, I can say this. As the old guy on the panel here, I can tell you that, uh, well, first of all, the number of anglers in, in the late 80s, early 90s was equivalent to what it is now, but the population wasn't nearly as big. And, and back then, there was a lot of hole jumping. There was a lot of people moving in on things because so much more of our game was, was, was just visual. What you could see, the lay down over here, the stump field over there, the, uh, you know, that, the boat docks. Whereas today, uh, the average angler is a lot more sophisticated and he's more likely to be able to find his own fish. Back when I started, there used to be a saying that uh, 10% of the fishermen catch 90% of the fish. And I believe it was true. I don't think it's true anymore. But yeah, there was whole jumping even, even then. But I think manners generally are, are a lot worse today than they were. But Yeah, hmm. it definitely seems like it. Yeah, it's, it's a shame. And I grew up fishing Lake Murray. And, uh, and, and we line up to fish that rock uh, off the edge of Saluda Island. Where yeah. there was always a good one. You know where I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't want to talk about Lake Murray. <laughs> okay, sorry. I don't uh, want to listen about Lake Murray. You know. Okay, I I, I didn't know it was on the schedule. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, there's yeah there there was a lot of hole jumping even then, even among my bass club, which was you know eight guys in high school. There'd be hole jumping on fifty thousand acre Lake Murray. Um, it was yeah. just stupid. Yeah. But but some of that is. Some of that is just uh, giving your buddies a hard time, and some of that is bad manners, and and it's always a problem. Travis, you got more. You got more pet peeves. Yeah, what do you got, Trav? Travis is loaded for bear here. What about long arm? Do you guys? Do you guys hate when people long arm no. on social media? No. Nah, but no. put, put the face thing to get a good no. picture of the fish to see it and look and present it properly. That's the way you take a picture. You don't hold it like this. Right. You hold that sucker out. You hide your fingers. You make it look beautiful and gorgeous. <laughs> or if you're going to hold it horizontally, hold it this way and then turn it just a little bit towards oh the camera. Okay? That's oh how you boy. take a good fish picture. That's a pet peeve of mine is shitty fish pictures. <laughs> <laughs> and long arming is perfectly fine. Out of don't brag about it. Don't say it's an eight-pound smallmouth when it's four because you're long. You can tell. You can see the forehead on that fish. I know how big that fish is, okay? But you don't have to do that with a two-pounder. You don't have to do that with every fish no. that comes well, in the who boat. Who takes a picture of a two-pounder, long arm a two-pounder? Oh, that every millennial. Every crap. millennial does. All right. Make it look big. Those I are blame Mike. They don't have anyone taking a picture for them, so they have to do it that way, right? When they go like that? Well, there's that with the selfie stuff, but I'm talking about all, all these right. people who are taking pictures of their food, and who take pictures of stuff like that? Long arm and food of, of two two pounders. I don't know. Make this like, sausage look real big. I'm gonna start long arming my food. <laughs> uh, well, I know you guys have some. Uh, see, one of my pet peeves is just so pedestrian. But 
but to <laughs> get behind that guy at the ramp who waits until his oh. boat is almost back down to the water before he decides, oh, I guess I should get everything organized now. <laughs> oh, or yeah. the guy that backs down in the morning oh, yeah. when it's still dark with the bright lights on, so now nobody else can back down. They got no. to get their eyeballs burned out. Because forever, I could not figure out how to turn my, my lights off. Like, <laughs> Oh, you're that guy. And people would yell at me, <laughs> and I'm like, why is everybody no, yelling no, at me? No, listen, fat cat. If you can't back a boat, or drive in a parking lot because someone's headlights are on, then you don't deserve – you shouldn't be there. <laughs> That's my pet peeve. Don't okay. Tell me. All right. Simmer I down. Off, simmer down. I Jesus, turn my man. lights off now, okay? But All right. Thank you. See, get the fuck out of here. Who showed you how? <laughs> Well, I have a different truck now, so I can just turn the button. So you got rid of that truck and got to know that you can figure the lights out? Yeah, don't get mad at me because my lights are on, bud. Figure out how to back the boat in. <laughs> all right, all right. I hear you, buddy. Don't get mad when you come back to the parking lot. You got two busted headlights. Jeez. <laughs> that's the appropriate cure. I like it. <laughs> yeah, that actually got me fired up. Dude, Brian, yeah. what about you, man, as far as co-anglers? Like, as if when you when you were a co-angler and then when you do have co-anglers or had co-anglers, any pet peeves? Let's start from a, from a co-angler's point of view, when you would co. Yeah. What was yeah. a pet peeve of yours that the boater would do to you, like backboating you or just whatever? Yeah. So, you know, whenever I – I started fishing co-angler in 2006. I was 16 years old in the BFLs. And I fished co-angler until, I think, 2000. 17 on flw tour so 11 years i did it on every level and i always did it the right way you know the man in the front of the boat this is his ball game i'm just along for the ride i'm still a competitor i'm gonna still bust my ass to try to win the tournament do the best I would you bring like would you bring 16 rods a lunchbox two tackle bags i brought a lot of stuff but it was never in the man's way it was never in the man's way. My pet peeve is on that is you don't you don't mess with that man up there. You don't if he's fishing around a pocket, if he's going down a bank, you don't try to throw to the other side of the pocket. And I've had co anglers do that to me, and I chap their butt. And we a couple of times, a couple of times we like we almost got in fist fights, like called the tournament director. It was bad. I had one guy call uh, tell me to take him back to the ramp. And uh, it was a $10,000 tournament on Lake Wiley, and it was an ABA. So in ABAs, if there's more, it's like the Opens. If there's more boaters than co-anglers, you know, you could go out by yourself. So I told him I would take him back if the tournament director said I could still fish. If not, <laughs> it uh, he was going to stay in the boat called the tournament director and he said yeah that's fine so this is this is funny so i off i'm going to take him back to the ramp it's like two miles away and the last two pockets i've been in a buddy of mine robbie die pulled into those pockets and seen i was there and went on to the next one so i got done with those two and I'm taking him back towards the ramp, and I look over to the right. I said, oh, God, I, I can't not go fish that one. Robbie Dye's going to fish it before I get back. So the ramp's to the left. I veer back off to the right, set the boat down, and I swear to God, when I set the boat down, he looked at me and said, if you don't take me back, this is kidnapping. 
<laughs> and this was a 60 some year old man. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, so I fished the pocket. I told him he needed to just cool down. He'd lost his damn mind. And uh, I took him back to the ramp and I was so glad to get him out of my boat. The ex That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> the, the ex lawyer so in me, Brian. A kidnapper. Yeah. Well, hey, I used to be a lawyer and he may have been right. Uh, <laughs> I'm just Travis, saying. How many people have you kidnapped? Yes, yeah, so just point. one. <laughs> I never kidnapped anyone. I did have someone on Oneida when we had a uh, Wayne was at a beach. He basically uh, he had a rough day with me, and he packed <laughs> his stuff up as I was getting a weighing bag. Uh, I wasn't on the dock. I had to I had to walk up to the beach, jump in the water, and uh, as I was coming to the boat. He had his bag and his poles, and he jumped in the water with his pants on and walked to the parking lot, and I'd never seen the guy again. So <laughs> I don't wow. know. Yeah, did they let you weigh in? Because some some places won't let you weigh in after that. No, we somehow we did. Uh, to get your gas money? What's that? <laughs> oh, get no. your gas money? No, no. No, <laughs> slept half the day. Oh. That's and that's ugly. another thing. Real quick. <laughs> the, uh, the co-anglers tackle bag. So as a boater and, and like, whether it be a BFL or an ABA, I'm going to take the back compartment behind the seat, behind the passenger seat. That's going to be, I'm not one of those boaters that has their flares and their anchors and stuff in there. It's empty. I tell the guy the night before you got a whole compartment, fit all your shit in there. I don't want a bag on the floor. I'm going to make a long run. I'm going to be maneuvering around. Put your stuff in the back compartment. Don't bring a tackle bag on the boat. Do not leave your bag on the boat as a co-angler. You would have cussed me. <laughs> <laughs> you, and, and here's the deal. Like, I brought a lot of stuff. I know a lot of guys are exactly like you. Me, me as well. I'm very particular about how things are in my boat, as I've said. That being said, even though I brought a lot of stuff, I made sure it was never, ever, ever in your way. If we're smallmouth fishing, I'm going to get it out of the way because you may need to go right there to land a fish. But, yeah, co-angler don't have nowhere to put no tackle in my boat. <laughs> I've got it full. Wow. But, but I, I will say, though, if you told me that, I would do everything I could to, sure. you know, respect what, you know, your yeah. wishes were. Because I'm going, you know. I'm the co-angler. I'm going in your boat. Yeah. And here's another tip as a boater. Always keep the back seat up, whether they want it or not, because that'll yep. make them, that'll get, get in their way more oftentimes than not. <laughs> and maybe they'll save you, you know, maybe you'll be able to catch that fish. He was going to, I'm joking. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you are. <laughs> All right, Travis, when, when somebody gets in your boat, whether it's a guide client or a co-angler, What's a what's a red flag that you know you're going to have trouble? Other than he jumps in like you were telling us about earlier. No, no. So co co angler, it's totally different between a guy and a co angler. The co angler, I'm going to have a quick discussion with him in the morning. I'm going to say, listen, we're going to have a great day. Make sure you fit all your stuff in the back compartment I have for you. Here's the the the, the handle. I'll tell him what I'm going to do, how far I'm going to run, what what I'm expecting to happen today, and I'm going to just tell him, listen, I'm very concentrated on this tournament. I want to do well. I'm a great guy, but I'm not really going to be talking a whole lot today. I'm not going to be, you know, having a conversation with you. Um, once I get a good limit, I'll probably loosen up, have a little bit of fun, but I'm real serious. 
for the first couple of hours here. And so I try to set that tone to that co-angler so he understands, you know, because another pet peeve, I guess, would be the co-angler trying to talk to you while you're making that cast. Like I have bad hearing enough. If I'm out there in the wind and I'm trying to concentrate and look at fish and, and, and make accurate casts of these fish, present that bait accurately, do everything I can to catch that fish. I don't need to hear some guy, you know, talking to me about a ship he sees or what, whatever it is like, cause then I have to turn around, lose concentration for a second. And I'm my, I'm it's always what, cause I didn't, he, I didn't understand what he said. Right. <laughs> so I'm like, what? And, and he's got to explain it. And, and so I try to set that tone right away. Now a guide trip, man, I am accommodating to their needs, whatever they want. We're going to do. It's a total different atmosphere in my boat. <laughs> a guide trip versus a tournament setting. Listen, I've met some great friends as co-anglers. I've had co-anglers do really well. I've, I've talked to a lot. Of co a lot of people think I'm anti-co-angler, but I like to just set the tone that this isn't some, you know, friendly little buddy trip. <laughs> I try to compete and less talk, the better of an angler I am. Does that, does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Fat cat. This is this is totally off the record. We're we're blocking Luke Duncan from watching this episode. Ah! Give us give us your favorite <laughs> Luke pet peeve. Something he does when you guys are working that just drives you up the wall. I know there's got. Oh wow! Spicy. Hey, I'm a Luke you know, Duncan my, fan. I'm a oh, Luke yeah, Duncan well, fan. Yeah, everybody is. Oh, uh, what? Surely something. there's something. Oh, dude, he doesn't then miss. Then I'll tell you all the BTC things that make me crazy. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I would shit. say. Uh, <laughs> I did. You put me on a spot. What is my pet peeve about him working together? The dude just doesn't miss. Like he doesn't mess up. He doesn't leave me a gap to fill in to look better than him. He's always on. Uh, he doesn't shut up. That's probably pet peeve. He won't <laughs> shut up. Ironically, that's exactly BTC's complaint about me is I don't shut up. I don't leave him too many opportunities to speak, but it's because he abandons the show. Look, there's nobody there. I do. That's what he does. <laughs> Finally. I was trying to so, turn the heat on. It got cold in here. So I'm fishing a team tournament on Clark's Hill Saturday with my buddy Dave Rush. Y'all may know him. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Stay here today. Great he guy. He just texts me and asks if I'm going to have the, the Travis Betts and Coagler talk with him Saturday morning. <laughs> <laughs> you should absolutely do it. If his stuff yeah. won't fit in that back compartment, which you'll have to clear out for him, then he doesn't get in the boat. It's just that right. Simple. Yeah, he's not going to need all of that. <laughs> but it is okay if he backs your boat down and he has the brights on. That's okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not the one backing the next trailer down, so whatever. I got a pet peeve. <laughs> hmm. Um, you guys fishing tournaments in December. <clears throat> What's wrong with uh, that? It's BTC's in Canada. December up here. We, there's we, no we, tournaments we, up here. Yeah, because <laughs> the lakes are half frozen. Oh. They used to freeze. Whose fault is that? Yeah. Uh, hey, dude, on Lake Norman, I don't know about Brian. Like right now, I was down Lake Norman. It's probably been four years ago. This time of the year, it was snowing. And the dudes, I'm going to say it was Lake Norman. They were catching 20-pound bags of spot at 12, 1 o'clock in the morning, midnight, on red chatterbaits. Is that but, still a thing? I'm not, yeah. That's what I – is it? The colder, the better. With the uh, red, with the chatterbait, though. Probably, yeah. Mm. More than likely. I don't mm. really get into the night fishing thing a lot. Like, I've fished a lot of night tournaments in my day. I've, I've won a lot of night tournaments, but typically won them before it got dark. What's well, a night tournament? 
Huh? That's a dusk tournament. I mean, well, I guess whatever you want right. to call oh, it. My bad. <laughs> it's like partially. I we call Dude, them boys down Tigers. south are different. With them. I know we're about to wrap this up, but them boys down south, when it comes to the night tournaments, they will go to Walmart and buy some spotlights, get some drywall <laughs> screws, screw it to the bow of the boat, hardwire it back to the battery, and they're running and gunning, bebopping and flip-flopping with two 110-watt spotlights. It's wild, dude. Them boys I got another south. pet peeve. What is it? Everything you you assume that everything cool and is redneck, and and only the boys in the south can do that. No, because I know you had a Ranger on thirty eight. You had a Ranger on thirty eights, man. I know you. Uh, <laughs> everything, on, everything why, good. Why are you not defensive? Why? That's why because I said the only piece. thing good that, that ever leaves New Jersey the was an empty so cool. bus. <laughs> I mean, what's the thing, bro? <laughs> so I want to see. Brian the Carpenter and Fat Cat. Uh, no, Cage match. Not. I was. <laughs> yes, yes. That sounds a lot better than where no, I was going to go. <laughs> Never down. You weren't going to go uh, je Jello wrestling, were you, bro? Yes, I was. But then I got <laughs> to think go. about it. No, I really don't want to see that. We'll get crazy, um, man. Take them snakehead fishing, Fat Cat. Get that three wheeler going. Hook your John boat up on the back, and take it down to the bank and go. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to come on down south to the good old boys and do a little bit of snaking. But with that being said, the new world record was caught up your way. So the the, the new world record was caught. I'm thinking is it caught in Delaware? Really? What? The wow. name. Yeah, yeah. It's twenty one pounds even. It was caught by uh, I think his name is Damian Cook, Cool Cat Kayak Angler. He's up there. I forget the name of the river, oh, dude. Shit. I think it's kayak Angler. I do. Uh, yeah, uh -oh. I mean, they're setting records now, bro. I do. I ain't mad at him, man. But yeah, 21 pound snake kid, new world record. I don't think it's been certified yet, but it will be. That's dope. That just happened? Yeah, this past summer. Okay. How'd it catch? I think it happened like in June or July. Uh, probably a swim bait. I don't I don't know, dude. Don't get me lying. I don't know. Double headed, <laughs> 18 inch double headed jelly dong, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Kayakers who get between me and what I'm throwing at. That's a problem, <clears> too, by the there's way. There's another yeah. one. It is I never think. it's never the angling kayakers either. It's always the guys out there joyriding on kayaks. I mean, oh. I've never had an issue out of angler like angler kayakers. Typically they just try to get where they can get bless their hearts. When you see them working the way across the lake and they're trying, they're going to that one lay down and you wait for them to get about 50 yards from it and you just, just come off pad right as he gets there, just cast. I'm surprised we didn't bring up just pleasure boaters when you're out fishing. And and here's just my take on it. I, I've seen so much craziness out there that it really doesn't phase me. I actually enjoy that interaction sometimes um, just because it blows my mind, the stuff that they'll do. How, you know, and here's to their defense, right? We know where our waypoints are. We know that hump comes up to eight feet of water, 50 yards that way, whatever the case. We're working our way up there and they just plow over with their whatever those things are, they're inboards, right? But does that bother you guys at all? Is Or how do you handle that? Or you're just we're just used to it because we see yeah, it all I the think, time. You know, you just got to expect stupidity. Um, yeah. And I, I will say that I think, I think you should have to have a boating license. You should have to take a class to get a boat, actual take a class to get a boating license, just like you do. Don't you have license. to now? Yeah. yeah, I think you do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not everywhere. Not so oh, you don't? Now. 
Brian, you my, might need to check into that. <laughs> I know, yeah. right? Like, I have, I do have it. My wife took the class for me online. Oh, no, that's cool, man. <laughs> What's that? There we go. My pet peeve, Nathan guys, let, let, let their wives take classes for them. That's a... <laughs> no, but but seriously, I mean, there's so many people on the water. Typically, I would say 75, at least 70% of the pleasure boaters do not need to be driving a boat. And, and it's not there. Just, they just don't know any better. You know, it's that's bottom line. They just don't know any better. It's not like they're complete idiots. They just don't know better. Yeah. We're lucky in Florida because we don't have that many, believe it or not, we don't have that many kayak fishermen in Florida because the alligators keep the numbers down. Ooh. So that's one of the nice things about gators. Come on. Whew. Yeah, I'm not going kayaking with the gators. No. If, if you ever want to have a good time on YouTube, search alligator kayak. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It will it will keep you out of a kayak, I assure you. Mm. Well, guys, I hate to I hate to wrap this up. I've really enjoyed visiting with all you guys, but this uh, was fun. we didn't get too rowdy. It's been a black. Yeah. Not too I bad. I thought we were I thought we were going to. I, I think it was a good time. We got Fat Cat going there for a minute. Fat Cat was going there for a little bit. You know, we we didn't get through a third of Travis's list. And does, every, uh, you does, know, does every anybody here? Do you have like one specific? pet peeve that stands out you would call your number one i'm definitely the cheating thing definitely oh, yeah. the cheating with regard to that is it just simply the cheating or the fact that it's not enforced effectively or no it's all the way around i mean if you're if you if you're going to stoop to the level to cheat if you're going to risk everything risk your but see, here's the, but here's the, here's the deal. And it's not just, it's not just the person cheating that's being affected. It's everyone that's affiliated with them that also gets yeah. brought down with their poor decision as well. So I, I mean, yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. yeah. So there was a guy and, and to your point, there's a guy, he won a bass open a couple years ago and growing up my entire life, I'm talking six, seven years old, hanging out at the tackle store, I always heard the story about this guy named Brian Hull that was always cheated, but <laughs> nobody ever proved it. And then somewhere around 2012, BFL at Lake Wiley, they finally busted Brian Hull for cheating, putting like 13, 14-ounce weight in a fish, and obviously he's banned from fishing. Now his son's fishing, and yeah, I mean, I'm not saying he's a cheater or not. I'm not saying what I really want to say, but he carries that weight. He's yeah. he's known as a cheater now because of his dad. That sucks. That's a shame. That's unfair. Uh, hopefully unfair. And um, I'm not saying he is, and I'm not right. saying he's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's uh, assume he's not. Innocent until proven guilty. Thanks correct. for clarifying. Uh, yeah. You're right. I want Again, to bring Brian, up, can you come back every remain. week? Huh? Bri, are you available every every Thursday? <laughs> I can be. You just hit me up. Well, until we get sued, uh, Brian. Brian's available yes, until we get sued. Get sued this week. <laughs> yeah, it's bass fishing. Nothing ever happens. We were discussed that. Oh, uh, but I haven't uh, said anything that I couldn't prove. There you That's go. Oh, uh, guys, again, thank you so much. This has been a, a, a really good time. Travis, um, guys, I, just real quick, 
real, real quick, quick Ed Peef. Sorry. Back to weed police. I, I just want to make a couple <laughs> points. The weed police, they live inside. Here's of what they're doing. When they interview you and they ask you like where you were fishing, where you found your milfoil, things like that. What they're doing is they're taking all this information back to the guy, right? The uh, elites of the lake. And what they're doing is they're giving that information. That's that's where they're going to concentrate ah. their brain and feel into the milfoil. So do not talk to the weed police. In fact, I find it it's a game now. My game is I put the boat on the trailer. I get in the truck and I'll drive three blocks away before I even start hooking the boat back up or whatever. I get out of the way. So like, I don't even stop by the ramp. I don't even stop 50 feet away. Or if I do, it's 200 feet. So I can watch him walk with his clipboard all the way over to me. And then guess what? Can I ask you a couple questions? No, you cannot. And they walk away. They're taking Talk to my lawyer and they're killing the grass in our lakes. I'm telling no you right now. That's All right. No habla English. You try giving them like bad information. Like, Send them, send them to like I don't know, where 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 your where your uh, where your competitive where your guy. No, that that's you what they're against. doing, guys. Uh, the, that's a, that's a topic for your show, maybe. Like if you on a serious note, some of the things that they're doing the lakes, as far as you know, destroying vegetation and you know trying to cater to the homeowners or the swimmers or the recreational boaters on that body of water by killing the grass. I think that would be a good topic for the future, but that's what happens around here. They're gathering information to determine whether or not they should spray in that specific body of water for the most part. Okay. Yeah. They're concerned. First of all, there's, there's gobies there's zebra mussels everywhere up here in New York. Okay. It's not going to matter if I decide to drive the Cayuga tomorrow with this boat. There's There's more waterfowl right now, transporting gobies and, and zebra mussels on their feet, right. On, on their bodies. Than, and COVID. Than, uh, everything. <laughs> Yeah, mask up. All right, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> top ten. <laughs> yeah, we got top ten coming up. Uh, Fat Cat Newton. Everybody needs to be looking out for Fat Cat on NPFL. Fabulous. That's right, dude. Yeah, hey man, first event of the year will kick off uh, February first. Logan Martin. So make sure you guys tune in. TNPFL.com. Got some yes. uh, old names joining your league coming out this dude, year. Dude. We're going to be fishing a lot Speaking of star of that, power over NPFL. Stay tuned because the roster should be coming out November. No, I'm lying to you. Maybe January 2nd. So I in see. a few days, we will we will be releasing the 2024 roster for the NPFL. Oh, so. okay. I've got Man, dude, it's, it's crazy. It is crazy to see going into season four. Like it's been a wild ride, dude. And we're hitting season four. We hit that extra gear. We had a great year this year. Going to 24, we're going to lock the hubs and dump the clutch and uh, try to keep it between the ditches. <laughs> really impressive stuff. Always oh, enjoy you and Luke. Yeah, one more. Look at this. I want y'all to look at Where's it at? Right there. Right there. What is the water outdoors? Go to woodsthewateroutdoors.com, Bobby, and get you a scope shirt. Our boy Paul Benson had a good idea for scope shirts. Carpenter, you should be pushing those. But you're just not a good friend, so you don't. Uh, whatever. Supposed to send me something. I, whatever. No, it's cool. But no, appreciate you guys for having me on. I uh, I enjoyed it. It was a good time, better than what I was anticipating. So. <laughs> All right. The last. They hated thing, Paul, one of the great gentlemen of our sport. Yes, one Brian New. Is you hear so much negativity? People are always bitching about something. Uh, there's no money in the industry. I can't get sponsors. I can't get this. I can't make a living. Dude, Fat Cat's a perfect example. 
He, I don't know how many years ago it was, but nobody, I shouldn't say nobody, Brian knew, Brian knew didn't know who Fat Cat Newton was. And then you started seeing all these videos and you laughed your ass off. And now he's, you know, one of the commentators for a professional fishing league. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he, he made it from nothing. So if you were his own space, create his own opportunity, you'll make your way. So quick. Thank you, dude. I appreciate you saying that, man. That, that does, I get chills, man, because it does mean a lot. And, uh, thank you, my friend. I won't forget you said that about me. Well, I got to yeah, tell Fat Cat story real quick. So, <laughs> Three-wheeler, short shorts. That was the first time I experienced Fat Cat, and we could not stop watching videos, man. So love it. Oh, man, appreciate that, dude. I, that's, uh, I appreciate you, Travis. This is not a shot at, at Fat Cat's content creation, but he did, he did win two classics in 87. Back so to back. Sure. Back, back to back. back. That but see, I didn't know that. I didn't know that until a few years ago. It's probably been yeah. more than a few years ago now, but he so made. They stopped putting the they stopped putting the names up in the arenas at the classic. I know. So pissed me off. You know, you go to work for NPFL, and suddenly they want to try to forget about you. It's unfair. I know, man. Politics, brother. Politics. It's wait till I start running for office. Oh, you got my vote, brother. Always. <laughs> Fat Cat Newton. Thank you, sir. We appreciate appreciate y'all, boys. Thanks, Travis hey, Manson, Smallmouth Crush, Mondays, 8 p.m. Eastern. Do not miss it. It is a delight. They talk fishing. They talk the big reset. There is very little that is out of bounds on Smallmouth Crush, and that's what I love about it. Thank you. Thank you. Do you guys have an after hour on this show? Because I'm ready. <laughs> Tra ready Travis, it's, it's an eternal battle. Um Okay. We have we have time limit. It's, it costs money to so anyhow. I got you. Um, yes, <laughs> Ken, Ken. As you can see, they did not want to get off tonight. <laughs> I, I apologize. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. I know we, what we, got, we, we represented to our guest that we got about a 90 minute show, but it, um, it, lately it's it's run long. But Travis Manson, mm -hmm. thank you, brother. Also, guiding on the best smallmouth waters Absolutely. on the planet. So if, if you're if you're up around Lake Ontario, up around St. Lawrence River, that's the man. And we expanded walleye, brown, salmon, steelhead, waterfall. We do it all up here now. So Trousers, that's fantastic. Uh, how can they reach you, Travis? Uh, best ways on my website, smallmouthcrush.com. Fantastic. Don't let those elite guys call you. <laughs> oh, they will be. I promise. <laughs> Jesus. Well, thank hey, you, Travis Manson. Call them out. Yeah, call them out. <laughs> Grow up call here. them out. <laughs> thank you, Travis. Appreciate right, you, brother. It, dude. Thanks, Travis. Brian knew. I don't. I haven't known Brian a long time, but he's already become one of my favorite guys in the Elite Series. A yes, guy I'm yes. always checking the standings for. You're awesome, Brian. New. Thank you for your time and contributions tonight. We really appreciate you. I appreciate y'all having me on. It's uh, you know, a few weeks ago, whenever I'm not sure, one of the first ones y'all did, I watched it and I actually text Brian and and I said, dude, this is the best thing that's on in fishing YouTube podcast, whatever. It's it's awesome, and, and I've had a good time. I can sit and talk about fishing all time, all day long, all night long, even though it's two hours past my bedtime, two and a half <laughs> at this point. <laughs> I can keep going. But, no, have me on any time, man. I've, I'm glad you reached out. And, uh, yeah, and sometimes if you hit a nerve, you'll get me really rolling. 
Hey, we're we're gonna we're gonna have you back soon, and we're gonna hit that nerf. We're gonna find it. <laughs> we, don't, right. we won't need live scope for that. Okay, good. Good. Yeah. Brian, thank you, brother. We appreciate you. All right, you were awesome we'll tonight. Thank 10. you. Coming up. Yeah, top ten coming right up. BTC, what's your what's your number one pet peeve? Um, podcasts with time limits. Oh, ah, I know, I know. That's <laughs> that's that's the constant behind the scenes battle on Bass After Dark. Uh, is uh, I'm trying to keep us around 90 minutes. BTC wants us to stay under six hours. He doesn't care. I, yeah, I, you know, just kind of read the room and go with the flow. You know what I mean? Go with the flow. No big deal, Ken. It was a good time, and um, that was that was fun. That was really fun. That was fun. I told Three. you I had a hunch on Brian New, right? And you said go with your hunch. Yeah, and it's a weird mix. Oh, that cat, I, Travis, Brian New. I've been but, a fan of Brian New since before I met him, just seeing some of the stuff he had done on video and all, and certainly watching his track record, very impressive. But, yeah, he's living in the same town I grew up in, a, a little town called Saluda, South Carolina, and uh, just a wonderful guy. Yeah, yeah. And, and I always enjoy Travis and Fat Cat. They're, they're a lot of fun. You, you can't not have a good conversation with those guys. Yes. Yes, the Duke keeps it classy. This is true. I, I, I don't know I who would say that. One tonight, Ken. No, that was fun. That was that was a really good time. Now, to change subjects just a little bit, um, are we still talking the intern thing? And oh yeah, I mean, yeah. If somebody shows up and uh, would love to have an intern over here. Uh, you know, Ken's it's got a lot to offer. What do you got to offer, Ken? No money. Well, we, we got a few connections. We can get you into some interesting places in the fishing world and, right. uh, and, and show you a side of, of our sport that maybe not a lot of people get to see. So I hope that has some advantages. And we know a lot of people in the fishing industry. So if somebody's interested in, uh, in, in a career, we might be able to introduce you to some opportunities. So yeah, there's that. In ICAST, you can sit on Ken's, Ken's knee at ICAST. No, you can't do that. No. Can't do that. No. The other way around? No. Um, I, I don't want to wrinkle the the smoking jacket, you know. It's fantastic. Smoking. I think about it's 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 catch getting legs, Ken. As uh, some guys were asking me about it, and do we have, you know, other costumes? I said, yeah, it's coming. It's coming. Yeah, just trying to trying to build a brand around this for right now. But I, I do hope yeah. to be introducing a second smoking jacket to the arsenal. Uh, I think yeah. mostly red and black, perhaps. Um, yes, but yeah, this is this. Ironically, this outfit was part of the original concept for the show. Indeed, indeed. But uh, just being the best dressed guy in, in bass fishing means the world to me. Yeah, it's a little blue for for our brand, but I'd like to see something a little more purple. Um, this was the closest they had to purple. Well, they who's they? I don't know. The elites. I the shouldn't reset? have said that. I don't know. Yeah, the big reset. Um, we got um, real quick because the rest of the show goes kind of quick. Um, we've had a lot of we've had a lot of positive reaction to our shows, and a lot of mm. people seem to be watching. And we really appreciate each and every one of you who has watched the show. and And a lot of people have been kind enough to hit the like button. And and uh, but what's uh, what's a little disappointing to me is fewer than 20% of the folks who watch our show and, and even who like the show are actually subscribing. And it would, it would mean a 
a lot to, to, to Nathan and Brian and myself if you would subscribe to the show. We're trying to grow yes. this thing. The more subscribers we have, the more views we have and so forth, the easier it becomes for us to get the kind of outstanding guests that we have been getting and, and to have the kind of conversations and to be even more bold moving forward. Because the bigger we are and the more the more powerful the show is seen as, then, then the more people will, will realize that even though Brian and I are having a good time, uh, yeah. on camera here, we're still trying to have a, a good conversation and yeah. we stick to our, our goal of the best conversation in bass fishing, the most illuminating. And also we want to be inch for inch and pound for pound, the best show out there. Indeed. Indeed we do. So yeah, so Ken's a numbers guys guy and, uh, he will find you. I will hunt you down like an animal. That's right. Um, no, 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 no. Well, we got, we got a couple of things left, including a new element, but first this is, yeah. Yeah. But the top, oh, got, yes. Uh, yeah. The top 10 reasons we're glad that 2023 is over. This is a tough one. We should, we, we've worked hard on it. Top 10 is proving to be very difficult, but uh, I digress. Nathan, when you're ready, the top 10 reasons 2023, we're glad that it's over. The top 10 reasons we're glad 2023 is over. Number 10, only three more days for MLF to change its rules again. Number 9, the Biden administration has already done as much damage as possible in one calendar year. Number eight, no more Guggenwrapped boats. Number seven, we're tired of choosing pronouns, ready to switch to adjectives. Number six, watching the ball drop is almost as fun as watching Jacob Fouts' few remaining sponsors drop him. Number five, another year of acting like all this is normal. Number four, Things can't get any worse, right? Right? Number three, the average elite angler is an expert with FFS. The average NPFL angler is a member of AARP. Number two, Backer, Goad, and Welcher. Are those anglers of the year or an ambulance-chasing law firm? And the number one reason we're glad 2023 is over, we're looking forward to Groundhog Day and whether or not Matt Robertson sees his shadow. I, I do like the ground Yeah. Well, there it was. There was our last top 10 of 2023. Uh, next week's show, next. Ken. Yes. This is going to be next week's show. Freaking awesome one. Uh, I'm with you. Um, yeah, January we've already got fourth. Yep. And and it's uh, it's all about the Solinar lunar tables, those fishing tables that we've all seen. If you're like me, you've seen them for 50 years, 60 years now. Uh, but are Solinar and Lunar Tables for real? And we've got an amazing panel to talk about yes. that. Uh, yeah. We got all our A-listers. Again, folks are really going to enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one because there's people that swear by it. Um, guys that think it's nonsense how how it plays with big fish and we've got a big fish guy coming on yeah. so it's gonna be awesome i'm really really excited for that one and that's next week january 4th right yes it is it, as in fact uh without giving away too much we've got a guy who creates those kind of tables we've got a guy who who guides for for giant bass we've got um a scientist uh we're hitting it from all 
all the important and relevant angles. So I think it's going to be great. And one, a little shout out to uh, uh, Nathan Benson, who is the voice of our top 10. Nathan is our partner who, uh, who makes sure that we get out there and y'all actually can see and hear us. Uh, he is our, our engineer. And um, it, it is not easy to herd me and BTC and, and get us where we need to be and doing what we need to do. But Nathan takes care of all that. Uh, an amazing faceless partner for Nathan. Us. Yes, faceless Nathan. And and uh, BTC, real quick, I want a special thanks to James Riley for the best logo in the business and to Ron Stallings Indeed. for the smoothest intro. Yes. And, uh, and the third. Uh, with that, man, I want to send things your way if you're ready okay yeah i just want to take a moment i think it's what was this show seven or eight is it yeah seven this is seven seven all right all right so we're closing out here 2023 which shows seven and i just kind of wanted to reflect a little bit and uh and send some thanks um i keep it brief because i think most people probably know but uh i grew up you know what mike iconelli we we met when we were uh, sixth grade, 11 or 12 years old, grew up Mike, best friends, you know, for a long time. And about 10 years ago, he decided to do this podcast uh, thing and, and asked me to come along and, and do it. And I said, sure, you know, and that kind of drug me into his world. You know, I've always been his buddy and always loved the bass fish. We started a, you know, a fishing club right out of high school. And, um, and that's why we became friends way back when we were 11 or 12, we were one of four that, you know, uh, all like the fish that were in the high school or school at that time. But anyhow, um, so, you know, spent the last better part of 10 years now um, producing Ike Live and then Bass U after that with Pete Lusick and, and, uh, and it was awesome. And, um, and I just wanted to thank those guys. I wanted to thank Mike and, uh, and Pete, you know, for bringing me into their world. And, uh, you know, here I am now doing this with Ken who I admire tremendously and uh, it's been a fun ride. So I love the show. Uh, I, thank you so much, Ken, for bringing me in. Well, thank you as uh, well. And, uh, and for introducing me to faceless Nathan. Um, <laughs> he's doing a hell of a job and uh, this is awesome. I'm enjoying the hell out of it. And this is a really fun show. So thank you. Oh my Thanks, gosh. Mike, no. Pete, Ken, Nate, you guys watching. Thank you. I can't imagine Ike Live or Bass University without you. I mean, that's when I still, when I think of those shows, I think of you. And and I, I assure everybody that Bass After Dark would not exist if Brian the Carpenter had not agreed to to do the show. Wouldn't well, be here. So thank thanks, you. That was, thank you. Appreciate it, man. Yep. Happy New Year's, everybody. Hope you had a great Christmas. Happy New Year. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see you guys in a week.